Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. The the title for tonight's message is called Taking Our Culture Back. Taking Our Culture Back. It can be done. But we've been we've been we feel like we've been given insight and wisdom and understanding concerning the times and the seasons. This type of prophetic voice, apostolic voice, rests upon Riverside Church for the reason of helping us understand where we're at in our lives, in this county, in this nation, and what your families need to do, how you can see your families survive, not not physically, but spiritually survive. Because how many of you know that right now, if we're going to be honest and transparent right now, that our nation... And our, our country is morally bankrupt and in trouble right now. Yeah. Can anybody in this house agree with me on that one statement? Raise your hands if you, well, let's draw a line here. Raise your hands if you know that we need Jesus in our nation. I think we can all agree on that. What I'm going to do tonight with God's help, I'm going to help us understand where we're at and why and what we need to do. We feel like God's given us an assignment in this church to pray for America, that America would wake up. There's a big woke movement going on right now. But I'm going to tell you, if the church, this church, the churches of America ever woke up, the devil's in trouble. I want you to think about this for one moment. I'm going to speak, try to speak very plainly. I'm going to be intentional tonight. I'm going to throw some things out there. So if your children are here, I'm going to try to be respectful of the, your babies and, and try to keep it rated G. I call it being God rated tonight. But a lot of the things, and I say that because a lot of the things we're living with right now and having to deal with, there's just no shame and there's just no filter and there's just no conscience. So we have to meet a problem where it meets us sometimes. And with that being said, grab your Bibles. Let's get into it. Are you excited about this tonight? I am. Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14. I'm going to be reading again out of the New Living Translation. I've been reading lately out of the New Living Translation for for the purpose of explanation. Mainly when I read the Bible on my own, I read it through the New King James, and I like to reference, but I try to stay as close as I can to that for teaching. I repeat this quite often for a lot of our new people that are growing and understanding the Bible. We've had a lot of new people that, that have been coming to Riverside that before they came here, they weren't going to a church. God has been saving unchurched people. How many of you are grateful for that? That's when you know God is doing something wonderful. We're not just taking church hoppers. We are seeing God bring people who don't know him from different types of cults, from different types of beliefs and systems and, 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 and denominations that, that are getting a closer walk with God. And the only reason is because God rests on this church and the purpose and And God is using you. So here's what the scripture says. Isaiah began to look at the fall of Satan. And he said, 
How are you fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning? You have been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I really do believe that word stars in reference to angels. And I will preside on the mountain of God's far away in the north. And I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. And that was one of his first mistakes. Because nobody can be like God. Instead, verse 15, you will be brought down to the place of the dead. Down to its lowest depths. Everyone there will stare and ask, can this be the one who shook the earth and made the kingdoms of the world tremble? In other words, if you can read and you can feel the sarcasm that's in that statement, it's really being sarcastic and people are going to say one day, and we are going to say, is that the guy? Is that the devil? Is that the individual who really caused all these problems and this is what we were afraid of? Verse 17, is this the one who destroyed the world and made it into a wasteland? Is this the king, small k, who demolished the world's greatest cities and had no mercy on his prisoners? No mercy. How many of you are glad we serve a merciful God? A merciful God. For just a few moments, I want to go ahead and get this rolling. We're going to be talking about taking our culture back. And we're going to start with this scripture, and we're going to explain it. If you have notes tonight, things to write with, uh, you want to text it on your notes that you have, Evernote, whatever you've got, uh, do it tonight. Because you're going to want to make reference to some of these points. It's going to help you. Tonight, we're going to go deep, but God has enabled us to keep it simple, but yet go deep. And so you can grasp a clear understanding. After tonight, you're going to understand why we are going through what we are going through, and you'll learn how to combat that in the spirit. Will you just one more time, just lift up your voice. And if you're watching online, pray with us right now that God will bless this moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, dear God, for what you're going to do tonight. We pray for wisdom, simplicity. We pray for assistance. I'm asking you, God, for an angel to be with us tonight on this platform, and I'm asking you for the assistance of the, of the gifts of heaven and and whatever you desire to do tonight and however you desire to minister, let the gifts flow freely tonight, God, without, without reservation. We pray tonight that lives are healed, saved, and delivered wherever they're watching from, wherever they're at, whoever's under the sound of my voice. I pray tonight by the blood of Jesus and by the mercy of God that you would use us tonight in Jesus' name. And someone say, bless this moment in time, God. Someone say, bless this moment right now, God, in Jesus' name. One more time, honor him with a hand clap, if you will. He's so worthy. He is so worthy. And you can be seated here this Wednesday evening. There is so much to say about this, and I have to idle back and slow down and breathe. To allow the Spirit of God to minister and convey this correctly, there needs to be a fundamental understanding and the origin of how all things begin. For that reason, this is why we went to Isaiah chapter 14. 
When we went to Isaiah chapter 14 and we read this, this is a very familiar portion of Scripture for all of us who understand the origin of what caused the devil himself to fall. What caused him to come into an entrapment of being rejected by God and falling down into the earth, cast down, and being at the lowest level of God's government, not even considered to be part of it anymore, but he was a rebel, and he simply thought that he could be equal with God, and God proved that right away by casting him down. What you look at in the beginning of time when God created the earth, I believe that before God ever created it, I believe that the devil was already in it. And I'll tell you why I make that statement, because when you do read the scripture in the book of Genesis and look at God's creation, God said the very first thing he had to establish was spiritual light. And there was already darkness. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. The earth was without form and void. And God said, let there be light. And then there was. There had to be a spiritual awakening. A spiritual awakening with everything in the environment, in the heavens, and the earth to be in agreement with the creator. God had to spiritually revive this land first before he formed it. And in that darkness, I do believe that the reference that Isaiah had, if you study the scriptures a lot more clearer, you will understand that this moment in time was far before Adam and Eve were even created. The devil was already there. The spiritual form of himself was there, and then you can find all kinds of havoc broke loose. You can see signs of things in our world right now that have really, to me, seemed ridiculous from the natural eye. But if you look a little bit closer and understand how the devil works and understand what his former responsibility was, then it makes perfect sense. The first thing I want to begin with tonight is just show you something. And, and tonight, I'm going to make this statement. This is not a political approach to our present circumstance. This is a spiritual approach that we're taking some things that are being used right now in our country to help you understand the source of it. We have established in this church and tried to teach your families that it is not the blue against the red. It is not the donkey against the elephant. That we stand for the Lamb of God and we believe in the government of God and we are standing here for the kingdom of God and we believe that our Savior, our Redeemer, our leader, our Commander-in-Chief really is Jesus Christ before anybody else. So we've established that. But I find it completely ridiculous for a man by the name of Theodore Seuss Gazelle. If you know who that is, this first slide, this is this man right here. You know him as Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss was put on trial just recently by the cancel culture group to eliminate his books. Uh, one of them being, uh, I believe it's right there on the screen. And to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street which I went back and looked at the book myself, and really what it references is different cultures. Uh, it showed a picture of an Asian man who was there 
dressed up in an Asian outfit eating noodles. And it was a storyline. And it, the big argument behind this, in case you don't know, is that, that it's, it's culturally putting people in a place that seem to be uh, condescending and, 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 and almost making fun in, in some sorts. But the time frame that these books were written was a different time in our country. And, and he wasn't doing anything but just conveying a story. Now, I don't want to get deep into it because I've heard different commentaries about the man, but this is not about him. But it's really not even about these books. It has nothing to do with these books, I believe. I believe that, that once you can get your foot in the door in any area within a person's life, it's called the foot-in-the-door policy. Write that down. The foot-in-the-door policy. They use this in wartime with our military. If you ever caught a POW, you called him a prisoner of war. And what they would use to do, they would use to have them make a confession. And they would get them to renounce their country. But because soldiers were so loyal, they simply had to manipulate the system and got them to read just one paragraph concerning their condition and inserted just a small negative point about their country. Nothing bad, just something small. And they'd ask him to read it. Then when they get them to do that, then they would build on that and continually build on that until finally they could get them to record and to make a speech completely denouncing their country their leaders, and simply lying and saying that they're being treated well because the enemy would reward them for their negative speech. Therefore, they would use this foot-in-the-door policy to work their way in through manipulation. Remember, it's always the smallest things. It's the small foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little things in our life that things begin to evolve and creep up on us and we found out and we find this out later on in life that even temptation and sin and different things don't start off big. They start off really small. And when we allow them to come into our life, then it just evolves. What, what I'm going to show you right now, what I'm just trying to convey to you is the, the irony and the, and the ridiculous approach to this whole situation where people will stand up and try to cancel out books. And, and I felt sorry. Throw that back up there. Keep it up there. Let's just keep going. I found it. I, I'm for the underdog many times, right? So I, I read this, and as I began to study it a little bit more, and I was kind of curious. I, I felt bad, and I go, you know, I'm going to go to Amazon right now, and I'm going to order the whole library. Until I found out that it was the actual company that worked with certain political figures to bring this company, their own company, to compliance to this politically correct society in our culture. And then I said, cancel. I'm not going to buy it. I get what's going on here. And I begin to look closer, and I begin to look at it, and, and while people are attacking these books... This is what they're allowing. Go to the next slide. They're allowing this. Now, I haven't seen it. I didn't watch the Grammys. 
So don't think that I'm over here scoping everything out. I, I do have enough sense to know that, that there are just certain things I, I want to allow into my life no matter what form of entertainment it might be. But I did hear about it. I saw it on Facebook, and I thought, man, that's just crazy. So, so we're not allowed to do things or trying to, to, to read a, a, a children's book, but this is okay. Something is wrong. Something isn't right. And I haven't said anything about this, but I felt the Spirit of God begin to tell me, you need to teach the church, this church, these families, your, your family here under my voice, Teach them and give them discernment and help them understand the root cause. Because here's what I want to tell you, and I'm going to unfold this and show you how. It really isn't about Dr. Seuss. It's really about this, the next slide. It's really about getting rid of this. Again, this is not a political message or a teaching. This is a spiritual concept. The concept is if you can eliminate the word of God or get the writings of the word of God, it's not the first time they've tried to do it. Anybody. I'm not talking about government. I'm talking about the devil himself. If you can persuade people to denounce your faith, their faith, and cause them to sear their conscience, to okay immorality, then you start off with a simple thing, with something such, a, with such innocence as a children's book, and let it evolve over time where people will begin to accept things because they have no moral compass. And while these agendas are taking place in our nation, people's morality is going downhill. And that enables people to make more moves where wisdom isn't allowed. And then you don't find out and see what's wrong with it. And then you find yourself in a place of complacency saying, you know what? We just need to be kind and we need to be loving and we need to be, you know, compromising in every area of our life because God died for everyone. And I agree with that until you are forced to denounce and you are forced not to worship and you are forced to follow certain guidelines that are contradictory to the liberty and the freedom that God has given you through this book right here. <laughs> Stay with me. I'm going to help you understand this. I'm going to help us see this. Let me begin by stating this and showing you the next slide. Every country, and you want to write this down, every country has three divisions within their system of government that have to be strong. Their first one is communications. Communications has to be relevant within a country. This is where the internet comes in. This is where phone cellular service comes in, emails, so forth. We all communicate. Social media, everything has to be connected to connect us together, and the country has to have good communication to convey a message. The second thing that has to be relevant within a country has to be protection. This is where the military comes in. This is where your rights come in as a citizen. This is where you have the reassurance that you can go to bed at night and your children across the hall are safe, and the dog is safe, and the chickens are good, and you know, you have peace of mind. 
peace of mind, protection. Someone say protection. And then there's the third area that every country has, and that's culture. Culture. Culture can be divided up into different points of view. You can break it up into, I think, you know, really the, the liberal arts. Liberal arts is divided up into seven categories when you do look at it. It's broken up into different, I, I'll, teach, I'll show you that in a little bit, but, but you look at the culture and the culture sets the tone. Right now what we are seeing, we are seeing a generation trying to rise up to cancel our culture. You have to understand that. What does that have to do with us, the church, with our children? I'm going to show you. Now, these three areas in which every country has to have, God established this through his kingdom. Show the next one, please. Through communications, God had the angel Gabriel. Gabriel was the, the head of every messenger angel ministering spirit. He was called the messenger of God, and he would come. He would deliver the messages himself at times when it was a very, very significant time in history like the birth of Jesus. And he was in charge over this division and is in charge over this division in the kingdom. Angels are ministering spirits, and that's one division. Then the next division is overseen by the archangel Michael. Michael is what you would call the head of the military in the kingdom of God. He is a warring angel. He is there for our protection. He oversees all the other warring angels. How many of you understand what I'm saying so far? You got this? He oversees all the other warring angels. He sees and follows through and, and gives the charge as God relays it to him. As people begin to pray, then God begins to let his word be performed in the earth and, and God sends out the warring angels. But this third category of the culture, Satan, Lucifer himself was over it. Lucifer himself was over the culture of the kingdom. In this scripture, what I read you was a place that we read where he was in charge of the music. Someone say music. He was in charge of the culture of all that had taken place. This was the area that now we deal with and now we understand that this is where we find ourselves. We find ourselves at odds with this one commander, this one angel who was cast out of heaven. We find him cast down and and God prophesies to him and says that one day I'm going to give birth to a son. And one day he's going to bruise his heel on your head. And that son is going to be my body in the earth. 
And it's not just one person, but it's going to be a multitude of individuals comprised into one body made up of Gentile and Jew and barbarian and people who have no language and people don't have good customs and people that were sinners and people that were addicts and people that were alcoholics and people that didn't know how to live life properly. God said, I'm going to come and I'm going to choose a group of people. And when you find out and then you begin to look at our nation, now you can understand why. When you look at what we really face in this nation, it is satanic influences in our culture. Why? Because that's what he was good at. That's what he used to do. That was his job. That's why you need to be careful what and who you allow your children to listen to. Now, just keep looking forward. Smile real big. Like, don't, don't give it away because I don't have anything against anyone. And I have not been Facebook spying on you. This ain't that kind of church, okay? I'm going to be very tender to his presence tonight to help you understand that it is up to you and I in this time frame if we're going to see our children saved, our family saved, our marriages saved, every relationship influenced in the proper area. If we don't understand that God is going to use the church to establish his culture, a different culture, Have you ever wondered why during this season that God has moved on certain people to have open worship services around the nation? It's a battlefield. It is a battlefield. And everything that the devil has used from from as far as you can think, from your great-grandparents to their great-grandparents in any form, in any fashion, he has always used music, the liberal arts, the culture, and different forms in different fashions. Again, when you look at culture, you look at culture as a, as a type of influence. Uh, there are seven, seven really orthodox uh, categories concerning the liberal arts. And the, the, the actual Latin word for uh, liberal arts, a liberal, is really labor, laber, which means the bark of a tree, which in turn comes back to our source and origin of the word book, where they used to take the bark and use it to make literature, wood, paper. So when you look at this, you could say that liberal means written word and book. That's why you have words out there like library, a place where there's written material. In the liberal arts, you have specific areas, such as grammar. You have place rhetoric. You have different components of learning how to be persuasive. Areas to be logical. Logic is another. These areas deal with the language of men. This is what liberal arts does. This is where the devil has his expertise in the literal arts. This is why there are certain books that are written by people that contradict the word of God. 
This is why people who have an intellectual mind many times open themselves over to an influence that would try to contradict this word. But aren't you thankful that the word of God says that his word will be here forever and that nothing, even the earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away? And then you find yourself looking into literal arts, into math. They say music is the sound of organized math. They say also that in within those confines of literal arts, it's also geometry, astrology, which are the numbers of expressing themselves in figures, geometry. I had this discussion with my child, one of my, my youngest, and I, I was trying to explain to him the importance of geometry and why you need it. And we were looking at buildings, and I was asking him to find certain shapes within buildings. And I said, you know, if you want to be a builder, you're going to have to understand geometry to get measurements. And, and I tried just to try to encourage him to learn math because he hates math. <laughs> but when you look at all of these things... This is where the devil comes in, and the music is one of them. Music is one of them. I'm fixing to, I'm fixing to say something that most of you are probably going to, well, I'm just going to say it anyways. Michael Jackson used to say when asked, how did you write these songs? He said, I would just go and meditate, and I would just go, and a beat would come to me. And he would just start humming it. You know, I don't know how he did it. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, he was good at it, right? He said something would inspire him. He would get the beat. It would come out of him first. Then he would put the words to it, but he had the rhythm. I've heard a lot of his songs, right? Who hasn't heard his songs, right? Right? Billie Jean, I have no idea who Billie Jean is. All I know is it made me want to wear parachute pants, and they were too small, so I looked stupid. <laughs> I never wore the leather ones, couldn't get that far. I just couldn't do it. But I'm going to say something that I think... Anyone with common sense would agree with that those songs weren't inspired by the Holy Ghost. And believe me, I like a lot of his songs. You're quiet on me. That's okay. That's good. You need to recognize that a lot of the beats and the rhythms and the things that are there are very catchy. Don't you hate it when you wake up? Or don't you hate it when you're trying to get God in your mind and you're saying, today I'm going to serve you, God, and today I'm going to put you first. Then you wake up with the song in your mind and you just can't get it out and you don't know where it came from. It has nothing to do with God. Like Def leper. I mean, what in the world? There's lepers in the Bible, but this has nothing to do with God. <laughs> to all my 80s fans out there. I, I can go on and on about music. I grew up in the music industry. My, my family owned the biggest dance hall, concert, and convention center in this city. And I had a lot of friends, and I can call names out. But I'm going to tell you, 
that I have seen these musicians and singers. I've been backstage, and I shouldn't have been there, but, you know, we weren't raised in church, and I've seen drugs on the table, and I saw all kinds of things that a young 12-year-old boy shouldn't see. But I would see musicians that were high step out on stage, and they would stumble up there, but when they got under an evil influence of anointing that wasn't God, they would never miss a lick. Sober as can be, never missed a tune, never missed a beat. They were constant, and something else came on them, and it electrified the atmosphere. It wasn't God. I know that, but God gave them gifts, but they were being orchestrated in comp by another composer of words and melodies that will work their way into the hearts of people. This is why I have, I have respectfully thought about Christian music and the different genres. And I have had an argument and a debate about whether or not Christian rap is really Christian. I have. It was hard for me to try to identify rap with Christianity. But until I had children... I understood how bad and vulgar the music was out there when it came to rap and how catchy the songs were by the rhythm. How many of you remember there were things you used to listen to when you were younger that you listen to now and thought, why in the world did my family, my mom and dad let me listen to this stuff or even watch this movie, right? Movies, the arts, music, the arts, the culture, the acceptance Fashion, the arts, everything. It says Satan himself was beautiful and decked with jewelry, and he adorned, he was adorned by God, and he was beautiful. Where do you think all of that mentality comes from now? It's inspiring people to have a type of arrogancy and an ego and a comparison and some type of status where if you don't look the part or be like them, then you're not accepted. Where do you think that comes from? Pride arrogance. I'm better than you. And I don't care how many times they tried to convey a love message. You don't have love if you don't have the Holy Ghost in your life because God is love. And that's the only love you'll ever know that makes sense. I have never felt God's presence in a dance hall. I have never felt my heart wanting to give itself to God in the middle of a concert. I have never in my life found myself saying to myself, I just feel Jesus right now after getting high. I know that's kind of edgy, but I have to tell you that under the influence of a certain culture, we find ourselves captive. And if we don't understand that that was Lucifer's strength, then we miss it. So here's where the things begin to open up to me in turn. So what the church has begun to do, the church has said, the devil's going to throw lemons and we're going to make lemonade, right? Right? 
the devil's going to throw a stone and we're going to throw it right back at him. So what the church has begun to do was create alternatives. Now I understand why Christian rap was important. Not to me, but for my children and younger generations. And I'll explain it like this. Before you judge me, just listen to me. Because I know we have different people in here that have different opinions. But hear me out. I want you to listen. When my children, when, when, when they were little, they had influences. And if I didn't find an alternative for them, they were going to give themselves over to an ungodly influence. And so I started recognizing that, you know what, there is something to this. I would rather have my child listen to Christian rap and have the beat but have a godly influence with there than them get caught up in a dark world on dark issues and depressing things that are going to keep them down. And it's a phase that they go through, just like you and I had a phase we went through. But Christian artists, God, I believe, has been raising up Christian artists in the place of a demonic system that has been winning our children back and our families back, and I believe God wants to continue to build the culture. If we are ever going to win our families, it is going to be, number one, we've got to have strong churches and strong families, but we must embrace a new culture. Be the opposite of what the mandate from them is. So my kids would listen to Lecrae and different people, and there's a little plug for somebody. Not that we have a huge audience or anything. Like, you know, the market's going to go up because I said both. Headlines, Pastor Bobby ordained, I mean, approves Lecrae, and now the skyrocket sales. <laughs> Whatever. I'm just saying that, I'm just saying that, I understand, and so my kids would listen to Christian rap artists, but they went through the phase, and God kept them through that phase, and now they all listen to worship music like I like as an adult. But while they were in that phase, God raised up people. So don't be judgmental and say they're not God because it doesn't sound like gospel music. Let God use people that have a certain unique calling in their life and encourage that and pray for them. That's why uh, you're fixing to throw stones at me, but this is okay. That's why whenever Kanye West got saved, I know he's messed up, dropped the ball. I, I don't even keep up with him anymore. But when he put the music out, I was like, that's, that's pretty awesome because you realize that to come out of that culture, it takes a lot. And it takes a lot of guts to step out there. At least he had the guts to step out and try to live for God and try to do the right thing because he was standing up for a kingdom culture. And so I, you have to respect that. You have to respect that. And you have to start praying that God would begin to raise up more people, that God would begin to save more people, that people won't be afraid to be counseled because they have a boldness. This is what the apostles prayed. They prayed that God would give them a boldness to, to face the people. This is what the apostle Paul asked the church to pray for him, how to pray for him, that God would give him a boldness and not be ashamed of who you worship. Not be ashamed of listening to Christian worship music. The sermon is not about music tonight. It's about the culture. The mentality. And God has called us 
This is why worship music, instrument players, singers. I believe that every church should have songs that are written in them and played out to their county, to their city, to their state, to their world. I believe every church should have musicians and singers that are composing and producing songs and making things and asking God to give it to them at another whole level to influence people. That's why worship is so important in our church because when worship is pure and worship honors God and the music gives Jesus glory, then there are lives that are changed. Isn't it crazy how you can step into an anointed atmosphere, the people that are playing instruments and worshiping God, and how you don't have to do anything but engage, but somehow the Spirit of God comes in and loose you from all your burdens and, and heals you from your, from your ailments at times. I have seen God heal people through, through music before, through worship, genuine worship that comes in because it's a tool that God wants to use and we're taking the place of the devil and this is war. It is. We're in a fight for our children right now and for this generation X. We are in a fight right now for our world, and we can't be ashamed of who we believe in and who we worship and what genre of music we choose to listen to, and who cares if it seems corny to anybody else. All I know is that when I'm done listening to it, the Spirit of God, I can still feel Him in my soul. The Spirit of God has not withdrawn itself where I don't feel Him, where He can still lead me, guide me, and direct me. I thank God for every Christian artist that God is raising, is raising up right now. I thank God for every actor that is stepping away and making Christian movies right now. You know what my prayer is? My prayer is that God would send not actors only, but good producers. And that there would be a whole new movement of truly inspiring movies. Not some that have these hidden eggs in there that try to promote diversion and diverse, you know, just division among our culture. <laughs> I just thought of something funny. I, I want to tell you the thing, but I don't... Okay, I'm going to tell you because I'm nobody. So here's what I'm going to say. My son wanted... <laughs> My son wanted to go see a movie. He wanted to go see the W, right? Wonder Woman, right? So we took him. I went. I'm excited. It's a superhero movie. I'm thinking, cool. Let's watch it. We went. Things are well. It seemed okay. Until there's this little segment in this movie where they're making fun of a Hispanic because he's eating tamales. Has anybody seen this or is it just me? Did anybody else go, what in the world? <laughs> See, that's what I love about Hispanics. We have a sense of humor. I laughed. I laughed so hard people couldn't understand why I was laughing in the movies. My son and I kept on laughing. We couldn't stop laughing throughout the whole thing. And I thought to myself, this is crazy. And somebody thought that they were going to spark some type of... <laughs> Brown lives matter now, right? 
is the dumbest tactic I have ever seen in my life. But I thought to myself, the lengths that people try to go through to try to persuade people down a different way. But how many of you know that the Lord is good and he doesn't look at the skin color. He looks at the blood of his son through your life. And there is no difference. And it doesn't matter what neighborhood or what your last name is or what your color of your skin is. In the kingdom of God, in our culture, everyone is the same in the kingdom of God. Everyone is the same in the kingdom of God. God loves everybody. Remember the old children's church song that we used to sing? Red, yellow, black, and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. You need to teach your kids those songs. Honestly, culture. How many of you understand now why we are facing such, such craziness in our culture and you're seeing some demonic, immoral, profound, just, just, just crazy stuff coming out? You want to know why? Because that's what the devil was good at. We've got in the kingdom the greatest military. In the kingdom, we've got the greatest means of communication. Angels come. I'm not the best preacher in the world, but I'm here. I'm your pastor, and, and I pray that God would use me in your life. And I do feel the anointing here in this building, and I have seen people set free from the messages that come from this pulpit. But we've got two other pastors in this place that preach fiery messages too. And we've got men of God around the world that are being used by God right now and the liberal arts of the world, prolific speakers. Here's the battle. On the flip side, in the darkness of this world, you have people that are rising up that have eloquent speech. They have the right words. They have the right thoughts. They try to logically put things together. See, that's liberal arts. But in the kingdom of God, it's the word of God. It's the anointing of God. It's the vessel that gives themselves over to the presence of God. It's the word of God embedded in their heart. And when they open up their mouth, lives are changed. When the others open up their mouth, there's division, there's hatred, there's jealousy, there's insecurity. But when these people open up their mouth, they're anointed by God and the captives are set free and the prisoners come out of the bars, the chains, and people are lively. The liberal arts also means freedom. Freedom thinkers. Freedom. That's part of the problem. But you see, God gave us a mind to think freedom. Freedom. He who the Son has set free is what? We got to act like it. We have to talk like it. We have to think like it. We have been set free. What do we do, Pastor Bobby? How do we deal with this? Here's what I want to show you. The last slide, and here's here's the last thing we're going to do. I want to show you this. We must focus. Go back on that. We must focus on the culture. Now, let's go ahead and look at what we have to change, what we must do. I want you to write this down. Our assignment, we believe here, is to pray America wakes up. Not be numb and not not look at things and go, oh, that's just the way it is. What a crazy world we live in. 
Somebody has to start making decisions to start choosing the right thing. I want to provoke your thinking just for a moment. What if America, godly people who are trying to live like Jesus, that love God and love people, what if America wakes up with a godly conscience and we decide to cancel? I've said this before, and again, this is the battle and this is the war, but we have to wake up. What makes the smaller minority seem bigger is the decibels, the platforms that they're given. You can give one group a big platform, and it seems like millions, but it's not. There are more people, more families, more fathers, more mothers in America that want to see their children saved, that want to see their families saved, that want to live for God and want to do the right thing, not be religious, but want to love people, love God, and see the world change. Is there anybody here under the sound of my voice that wants that in your life and you want your children to be different? Is there anybody here that wants God to move in our nation, move in our families? Then we have to wake up. We have to pray for our children to wake up and not force them. When you try to force something on your kids, you drive them away. Rules without relationship lead to rebellion. And what we're going to do, if we don't catch this in our families, you're going to lose your children. And I'm saying it here right now so you can wake up. Wake up. You're going to lose your children if you don't take a stand and introduce Jesus to them in experience, in word, volume, in the book, in the literal arts of the word of God. And you don't introduce them through servanthood and know the benefits of what it means to live for God. You've got to expose them completely to find the joy. There's no greater joy than me for me to see our children. I've seen families come to this church and clean the church together. That's how you keep your family saved. I see families coming to church and worship God together and pray together. That's how you keep your family saved. I see you bringing your children and bringing your husbands and wives and everyone coming together and worshiping with the music. That's how you see your families change. You're infusing a different culture. Pray God raises up anointed Christian artists, music, actors, people in the arts that are influencing the younger generation. That God would raise up anointed individuals to persuade them differently and say there's a better way. There's a better way. Well, I don't know. I can't change the, the, the kids around America. Of course you can't, but you can influence yours. And it's not too late, no matter how old they are. If you do it out of love and you enjoy it with them, that's right. You don't like Christian rap. You'd rather listen to this. You tell them, no, I'm not listening to that. You know what? Listen to it with them. I know that sounds crazy. I know it does, but I'm going to tell you something. Us older folks, and I'm, I'm almost 50. God, time passes by so fast, right? <laughs> but I find myself listening to things that they're listening to because I would rather them listen to that than to listen to the other garbage that's out there. You know, this, this, this rapper, 
that came out with this Nike shoe did a video. This is what we're dealing with right now. He did a video. I want to say this, but for those children here, I'm going to be very careful, but I have to, I know some of you know this, but he did a video with him doing immoral moves, dance moves on Satan. Then on SNL, you don't know what SNL is, right? Okay. They showed him doing the same thing to Jesus. Some of y'all don't even know that, do you? There was someone dressed up like Jesus. He did a dance on him. I'm trying to use the proper verbiage because I'm trying to be respectful. And there are people that are laughing at it, okaying it. When you take a defense, I've seen too many people, even pastors, that try to stand their middle ground and try to say, while you're busy judging everybody, you need to be preaching Jesus. I'm sorry, we have come to a point in America right now where we must take a stand and say, it's wrong. It's wrong. Somebody needs to stand up. You need a backbone. If you don't have a backbone to stand for your children and say, no, 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 no. Not in my house. Not in this house. You need to pray God give you a boldness. Not to be mean, not to be forceful, but saying no is not a bad word. And introducing something better and helping save your generation. This is why when it comes to holidays and it comes, we don't celebrate Halloween, but we have created an alternative. Because if we don't reach these children... Somebody else is. Somebody else is going to reach them. Everything the devil has thrown at us, we've tried to take it and turn it around on purpose, and we're intentional about it because our children's lives matter. And if we don't replace what we take away, they're going to regret it, and when they get older, they're going to go and be wild, and they're not going to live for God because all they know is rules, 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 rules. No relationship, no life. You can live for God and still have fun, people. You can live for God and still have parties. You don't have to drink. You don't have to get drunk. You don't have to get high. You don't have to do all those things. Have you ever been under the influence of the Holy Ghost where you couldn't even walk? Has anybody ever been in a prayer meeting before where you came out and you felt like dancing and there was no music? I'm talking about the alternative of changing a culture. Pray God. Okay, go back. Go back. Pray God send our military and messengers to defeat hell. Who is that? Pray God release the angels into the earth, into our, into our city. You pray that God send the angel, the messenger angels in this church. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to beg of you, pray for every one of us that stand up here. You pray that God send an anointing in this house. You pray that God manifest the gifts of the Spirit in this house. You pray that the angels of God would come and that you would receive a fresh word from God. We need your prayers. We need your intercession. 
intercession for us. But you pray for our nation. God, send every warring angel out right now and defeat every one of the tactics of the enemy. Outflank the devil when they're trying to steal our children and raise up people, God. Save people that will save and influence our children in a godly manner. Raise up more Christians. It could be your child that God wants to raise up to be a Moses. It could be your child that God wants to raise up to be a Samuel. It could be your child that God wants to raise up to be a Deborah. It could be your child that God wants to raise up to be a David. It could be your child that God wants to use to hold something so precious like Mary and give birth to a purpose in this world where lives are going to be changed. Somebody say, I'm ready. Come on, stand to your feet here this Wednesday evening. I know I went longer. It's only 8.30. You're okay. Taco Bell's still open. I did not use a lot of Bible, but I want you to write this down. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 2 and 3. I'm going to read this to you. I want you to follow with me. Here's a word of God. Here's a promise for us. Here's what we need to be. Isaiah chapter 60 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is there, there upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. And the deep darkness to people, but the Lord will rise over you. Somebody say, the Lord is going to rise on me. But the Lord will rise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see they all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. Your daughters shall be nursed at your side. And they shall see and become radiant. And your heart shall swell with joy. You know what that scripture was prophesying about and what Isaiah saw? He saw the moment in the time when Jesus was born. Darkness filled the earth. You want to know what, greatest, what, the, what, the, what the greatest adversary was in Jesus' time? It wasn't the devil. It was literal arts. It was the written word of men's philosophy tied in with the Old Testament. It was their thinking, their intellect, and their writing. And they were so eloquent in speech. And they had argument, good argument. And they would stand there and debate. That was the tool that the devil used was literal arts. How many of you are seeing this? But Jesus came in as a light in this world. And when he opened his mouth, his teachings, listen to what one servant said. When the high priest sent their servants to go apprehend Jesus, they went. They went and they went and they saw him and they were fixing to apprehend him. But Jesus was talking, opening up his mouth. He was teaching. He was teaching from the word of God and he was anointed. And then, then they just heard him and they, they were in awe. And they went back to the high priest empty handed. And the high priest said, what happened? Why didn't you bring him? 
and listen to what they said because never a man spake like this man when he opened up his mouth there was something about him that burned our hearts conviction fell we couldn't go through with it instead of doing wrong it made us want to do right and this is what we need in our nation and this is what we need in our families and this is what we need in our children and this is what we need in our marriages this is what we need in our relationships for the anointing of God to come in and shed light in a dark world you don't have to be abrupt you don't have to be rude and Dear God, don't be arrogant and don't look down on others thinking that we're better or you're better than anybody else. But you need to ask God for love like never before and for wisdom like never before. And let your talents and abilities be soaked by his presence. So when you do step out and you do open up your mouth and you do influence others, that there's going to be more than this your intellect that will impress them. It is more than even even your own persuasive talking to persuade them. But there's going to be an anointing come out of your mouth that they're going to feel and they're going to say, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you go to church, but I want to go with you. And I want to meet that Jesus. I want to meet your Lord, your Lord and your Savior. If you want that in your life, lift up your hands and just begin to ask him. Ask him to anoint us. Pray for America right now that America would wake up. Pray right now that God would raise up anointed Christian artists. Pray right now that God would disperse the angels of God, the military of heaven, to fight off every demonic force and ungodly influence that messengers would begin to be sent to our pastors all around the nation, that even in this church, that we would receive divine words from God, that we would receive on-time messages from God, that there would be lessons and teachings that will come out from this church, that from this church many lives will be saved, that from this church many lives will be set free, that from this church many deliverances will take place, that from this church many addictions will be broken under the power of God, Somebody lift your voice and give God some praise in this house right now. Somebody give him some love right now and worship him. 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 Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.